0: I've found that in a lot of situations I've thought I've been completely in the right about something right. or I've thought I've been infallible in a situation mm-hmm. uh, only to introduce it, the concept of it to one of my friends and have them put it through a different lens for me. And um, I think having those support systems is really great for when you're in the wrong, especially. Um, and I think when you're going through something, it's really important to make sure that other people know. The first step is making sure that, you know, one, you're not doing two, it in secrecy. Three. Fuck it.
1: What is up guys? You are currently listening to Paranoid in My Paradise.
2: I'm Simon creator of RTV. Someone just makes clothes and raises awareness for mental health. And does some other things too. Mm-hmm. But alongside I'm a co-host, Brooklyn Letson and Jeremy Ritchie. What's
1: up guys? I'm Brooke. I am here to talk about mental health and checking the recording all the time that's what i do all right
3: (laughs) and i'm jeremy Ritchie. i like to sit on this white couch and talk to my friends and meet new friends so
2: it's great to have you guys back exactly we're here to spread more awareness and spark conversations around mental health we bring guests and our friends on and share who share who share stories experiences personal hardships etc We do not claim to be professionals, nor to be advised. We are simply here to listen and connect. If you're someone or someone you know who needs help, please visit sk.cmnj.ca. All right, today we have someone who I've been trying to get on for a minute, (laughs) Carson Schmier.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, my name is Carson. Uh, I'm a musician, I'm a producer, and uh, I work in the music industry uh, in a whole bunch of different ways
2: whole bunch of different ways cool cool how was your day today
0: pretty solid uh pretty busy day um big dane studio got some stuff finished made my way over here not too bad
2: cool excellent, cool Excellent. that's good how's your headspace right now yeah or right now. in general right now great i'm in a great mood that is good yeah that is good yeah i'm loving life hell yeah no traffic on the not way terrible. Not, not terrible not terrible a little bit on 8th street mm-hmm. 8th street's
0: always busy trying to get across there that Lights was pretty awful horrible. You but could. other than that, no, it was pretty pretty decent. It's pretty cool, light.
2: Cool, cool. Good to know. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, so a little bit about
1: what we're going to touch on today with you is obviously get to know a little bit more about you. Right. Exciting stuff. Good stuff. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about aspirations, those types Fun. of things. Um, we're going to talk about support systems, why they're important and the sense of life and energy through music. Awesome. So yeah, Yeah. getting a little bit about that. So I'm going to start off start us off here with our first question and that would be, what were your aspirations in life when you were 15? And what are they now?
0: Uh, honestly, I feel like I was pretty much on the same page. Um, I started doing music stuff around like 13. So ever since then, that's kind of always been the idea. But by 15, I guess I'd say that my goals were probably to get to perform um, in the States or anywhere else other than Canada. Um, just to say I could. And uh, also to just to put it on an album of my own. Um And today, I've done both those things, uh, but I guess my goals as of today would be to kind of continue down that path Mm -hmm. and just keep putting out music and get some more shows and stuff like that.
1: How did you get into music?
0: How did I get into music? Uh, Actually, it's funny. You guys had Hallie Ponton on the podcast a little while ago. Um, I've been doing music a long time before I knew her, but I never had considered it as something that I could do as like a career um but before we actually knew each other um she posted a video to instagram on thanksgiving of 2016 um where she was singing and i'd never seen someone do that on social media before and because of that i posted a video that night too so we've now since become great friends but at the time we had no idea but she's actually wow. the, the reason i started music as a career Wow!
1: Oh my gosh, look at that the little vice person hey? here. That was good. Yeah, and
0: she and she credits me as her yeah, inspiration. Yeah, I was going to say that's why you. I was. she she, did, she didn't even know. A couple of years later, I told her I was like, "Hey, by the way, you're the person who I saw that made me post my video." Wow! And it's, wow. See, it's yeah.
1: literally things like that in life where like you have connected with somebody much longer like mm-hmm. before than
0: you mm-hmm. ever thought. Like you did. Yeah. It's Weird how things yeah. work that way. Yeah, we've known each other for a long, long time.
2: That's interesting c- yeah that's cool cool because I, I personally I thought you were in music industry for like I don't know a decade now
0: Uh, close if you consider stuff when I wasn't doing stuff by myself I've been doing stuff for projects for other people and writing as like a songwriter like I said forever it's yeah. like always been my thing but as a professional since around the age of 13
2: that's cool that's cool you know kind of like a fan moment but not <laughs> mm. i told this to hallie as well i have lay me down in my oh, yeah. nighttime playlist that. i still listen
0: to it like bro at least i don't know four times a week <laughs> it is such that. a good fucking song that was a lot of fun that's probably one of my most fun songs i had so much fun doing that song we
2: gotta listen to that song after the podcast <laughs> yeah it <laughs> little is jam session good, so yeah yeah Get a
1: little no. jab session. All right. So another question that I'm going to throw at you is: Being in the industry as long as you have, which is how how long?
0: About six years. Yeah, six
1: years. Um, what's the biggest challenge you've had to face, um, mental health wise?
0: Uh, I think the biggest thing about music in regards to mental health is um, it's a really terrifying prospect putting music out there no matter how long you go into doing it Um, like even six years down the line having released like 30 40 songs every single release day is still just as anxiety ridden you're just as focused on the numbers Um, and so it is a very scary thing because you are putting your personal emotions out there for people to essentially judge the value of and It's really hard uh, to see other people put that value on it and tell you, you did good with feeling this way or you did bad with feeling this way. Um, So yeah, it's always hard to put your emotions out there for other people to judge. Well said. That's something interesting though. You think about it all the time because- You
3: know, sitting from a, you know, a listener's perspective, it's completely different. You don't think at all about how that artist has, you know, thought about putting it into Mm -hmm. But if you truly listen to it and, you know, like you said, Sam listens to Lay Me Down all the time, (laughs) stuff like that. Then you start to think about what did they put into Mm -hmm, it. And that's when I'm sure the hate or positive from it comes.
0: So, yeah. yeah.
2: No, that's... Well, and
0: I'd say it's just as hard whether it's hate or love It's just as much of a stress because if people love what you do now There's an expectation to continue doing this and and if people don't love what you do Then even if that's what you like you might not feel inclined to continue.
1: Yeah, and do you think? um, Do you think from all this added pressure or anxiety now, you know things like that because you are like it's it's intense It's more Mm -hmm. intense than imagined or before what it was before music and things like that so do you think that it has ha- affected your work or anything like that. Um, in a period of time, not to say, not to say it's going to affect you forever, but do you think it did affect you at one point?
0: Yeah, I think in regards to music, there were definitely periods in my life where actually it influenced it in both positive and negative ways. Um, a big focus of my music throughout my career has been on mental health so you could say that my negative Mm -hmm. mental health was a positive for my career because it gave me something to write about yeah um but on this flip side uh it very much went the other way where i had periods where i completely lost touch with music uh because of mental health Mm -hmm. um so it was it was both an an extremely good thing and an extremely bad one
3: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah no tell us about losing touch though because like that happens that happens a lot and not just in any It happens in every single type of context. When you love something and you are in a place and you're struggling, you are going to lose touch.
0: Right. This is probably the most interesting story that I have to tell in regards to music. Uh, This actually just happened. This is something that just kind of concluded. Coming through the pandemic, it was really interesting experiencing music, having um, found most of my success in the world before the pandemic and then suddenly being limited to it's now just me and my phone became a very hard thing. I couldn't go out and meet people. I couldn't Mm -hmm. go out and, you know, be a part of the community and be known. Uh, I just had to be entertaining. Um, And that became a very difficult thing, especially when you're in that form of isolation and there's nothing to inspire you or do anything like that. And I found when I came into the start of 2021, um, I was really struggling with trying to make my music feel like I was doing something that was rewarding. Um, and for a while, at the beginning of 2021, after Lay Me Down, actually, I didn't do anything for about five months, which was the longest break that I've taken in my career. Um, and it actually ended in a, in a more negative way where when I went down to Atlanta, where I was uh, for the last roughly half year, um, It actually presented itself as I completely lost touch with my own career as a whole and I actually went through a a Phase where I took on a stage name for the whole time that I was in Atlanta because I Felt so disconnected from my own career that I didn't want to put any of the stuff that I was putting out as myself I needed to keep it separate for a while. So
1: that is a little bit of a crazy story. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah
2: It yeah. was definitely something I wanted to touch on cuz I saw on your snap. Right. Yeah, you were like I don't think I'm going to do music. No,
0: I I actually quit. I I quit yeah. in in April. I publicly announced that I was done with music. Um I'd fallen like I I just just finished a, po- a full album of poetry um, that hadn't done particularly well and I was like all right this you know the the balls passed uh, my time is over and I was like I want to keep making music but I don't want the judgment and so then I went and did it by myself and yeah it was uh, it was definitely a weird time it was a, it was an odd transition but um, when I came out the other side I realized that you know I just had to keep doing what I loved and continue with uh, with what I had going
2: were yeah. you thinking of quitting uh, prior to that? making that Um, public announcement?
0: I had, I mean, I'd been considering it, but the entire time that I was considering it, I had known that I was most likely going to continue under the stage name. So it was more like I wanted the escape from all of the attention rather than I wanted the escape from the music
2: interesting
1: and how did you overcome that what did you do to help yourself get out of that
0: the moment that actually made me decide i wasn't going to stick with the stage name was uh, i played a show in la and it was actually the night before my show in la i um sent an email off to our, our booker and told him I wanted to change the name on the show. Cause I was originally going to do another stage name. And it was that night where I was like, I'm never, if I do this underneath yeah. the stage name, I'm never going to get the sense of satisfaction. Like I said, that I've been wanting since I yeah. was a kid, I'm going to always look at this and think I did it as somebody else. Uh, and that was the moment where it really turned in my head. And I was like, there is something to be proud of regardless of, you know, numbers and stuff like that. It's, uh, at the end of the day, there's this still something here that I love. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: So since that happening, are there moments where you do, you stray away a little bit from the angle and and you're kind of thinking about that place again where, you know, I I don't have this motivation or I don't have this discipline.
0: Right. Yeah. How do you cope with that? I mean... It's definitely hard. It's like, especially with music, it's, you have to be so consistent and constant. Like if you let off the gas for even, you know, a couple months, people might completely forget and then you're done. You yeah. don't get a yeah. second chance. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it is a lot of stress. And the way that I've found best to deal with it was actually not putting things out, writing things for myself. Um, and doing things completely for me i think a large part of my life uh because i've been in a public eye and i've been working in music it's almost felt like everything i've done has always been for other people so putting more of a focus on doing things just because i enjoy doing them and you know uh reinstating in myself that this is something that i enjoy and not just something i do for a career Mm -hmm. it's it's reigniting a love for exactly passion again right i'm sure when
3: you started music and started listening it was such a passion in the beginning but that's a very good thing to say because I'm sure you could relate that to anything in life. Mm-hmm. People lose interest in something they love, and it's about finding a way to go back to those basics. Mm-hmm. And like, why do I love this? Yeah, exactly. I
2: like that. I like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah, because it is. It's about doing things for yourself. Mm. And
2: because yeah, if you like, point. if you're not
1: doing something for yourself, then you're like, right, like there's not going to be a ton of love there. Uh, well, there's going to be a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for?
2: I don't know. Fuck. Oh, animosity.
1: <laughs> yeah that resentment, resentment and things like that yeah you don't want that
2: plus you can only do it for so long too right Yeah, right if you're not doing it for yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: 100% absolutely okay so coming on to my next question here before entering the entertainment life was there mental health factors you dealt with before if so what was it like walking into the music world while balancing that
0: um that's a that's a, that's a great question I uh It's honestly kind of hard for me to even remember what life was like before music because it's been such a consistent thing. A while, yeah. Um, I know that, you know, I was young and so it's hard to put a label on what was happening, but I definitely was having issues. I wasn't necessarily happy with my life at the time, um, but I also had you know rather insignificant problems mm-hmm. that weren't necessarily at the level of like a mental health concern mm-hmm. just yeah. a generally you know kind of struggling as a, as a young teen um it was definitely more uh as i got into high school that i was struggling with mental health you know included in music and separate from music yeah.
1: do you feel comfortable to share a little bit about that experience
0: sure yeah um So early high school, uh, a big thing that I struggled with in like grade nine and grade 10, uh, was depression and anxiety. I was on antidepressants, seeing a therapist, trying my best to get help in ways like that. Um, and it was actually music that kind of acted as my first, Mm -hmm. uh, my first kind of outlet for myself. I found, you know, talking to someone was, was one thing or, um, you know, meds were one thing, but I found a lot more value in being honest with myself, um, and again whether it was showing it to other people or just telling myself my own truth uh, I found a lot of value in that and it it made me a lot happier um but yeah those the the early years were definitely a struggle for me um especially because social media as a whole was a a fairly still new concept at least the idea of an influencer um Mm -hmm. and so being a part of like one of those first waves there was a A very weird set of expectations to be lived up to. And sometimes Mm -hmm. those pressures definitely rubbed off on me. And as I got older, I got better at being comfortable with who I was and not really caring about what, people wanted from me um but yeah definitely grade 9 10 those were some big concerns i
1: think that's what a lot of people like uh they and especially people in high school because we think we've all we've all been there is that we lose we don't even know where the site's going because Mm -hmm. we've already lost the sight of who we're supposed to be and we're caught up in the social media gam and everything like that and Mm -hmm. Trying to be somebody that you're not. And a lot of people in high school, it's just young. Like, you don't realize those things until you're older. But that's why I think, like, Jesus, like, we need to be teaching young the younger generation something different to make them know that it does like you aren't going to be the same person you are in high school not at all that's you don't find yourself in high school that's no. not how it works and you're like i don't know the system is
0: no very much broken very much not so i even even though i'm doing the similar things to what i was doing in high school i can say with absolute confidence that i'm nowhere near the same person no. No. as no. as when i was that young
2: no. mm-hmm.
0: and i think that's just uh,
3: something that we all go through it's almost a second puberty if you'll say but it's just a mental growth you know Mm -hmm. it's It's that jump it's that jump from a teenager to an adult and you notice it in so many ways and i know i still haven't completed that and stuff right like you know Mm -hmm. i think it takes a long time into your 20s to figure all that stuff out but that's a good thing to touch on because uh uh, i just want to say one more thing about writing you talked about writing to be honest with yourself and how you're feeling i feel like that's the way to do that 10 times out of 10 if you can put it on paper type it to yourself that's honesty in its purest yeah. form. You can be serious with yourself. Because so. no one's there to tell mm. you that you're wrong. Yeah. Exactly. And no one else can hear it. It came yeah. right well, from you.
0: And it, and it forces you to confront whether even if you did things wrong, uh, it forces you to put yourself in that position and yeah. take things from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And it, so it only encourages growth. Oh, so
1: important yeah. to like that's what I always say on this podcast is pers- the perspective is key and yeah, that's all you need because like what I mean thing. if you write down a piece of paper and you're rereading that shit right if that stuff's all conjunct like in your mind just floating there sitting there and you're having like an anxiety and panic attack over that stuff mm-hmm. write it down because you know what then you can actually reread where maybe you could have gone wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well and yeah and exactly when you analyze put, it when you put it down there you can you can literally just look at it and, and you can visualize everything that you're mm-hmm. trying to sort through in your brain. Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. So I guess my next thing we're gonna talk about is a little bit of support systems. You had said so. The questions that we send right, right. Um, prior to the podcast is that you um basically. You act you kind of act as a, a support system but even you understand it acknowledge that people need support yes. systems yeah. um, and you kind of said like you know I'm kind of like the the therapist I, right. I try to always pick up the phone when I can and mm-hmm. when I'm available and like that's that's what people need so like a support system for anybody who doesn't know per se is a um, is somebody or a group of people or just one person in your life who will give you practical or emotional support? And um, we all need that. We mm-hmm. all need somebody like that or people like that. So going into that, I guess my question is, why are support systems so important?
0: Well, I think, I mean, having a support system is important because I feel that it's it's definitely a lot harder to try and sort through any problem on your own. And as we were just talking about perspective, um, I've found that in a lot of situations, I've thought I've been completely in the right about something. Right. I've thought I've been infallible in a situation mm-hmm. uh, only to introduce it, the concept of it to one of my friends and have them put it through a different lens for me. And, um, I think having those support systems is really great for when you're in the wrong, especially. Um, and I think when you're going through something, it's really important to make sure that other people know the first step is making sure that, you know, you're not doing it in secrecy. Um, a huge thing that comes around every time that Mental Health Awareness Month comes around is this concept of you know uh, send your friends a text, make sure that they're yeah. okay. It doesn't need to be something some big involvement in their life, but just periodically checking in on people yes. mm-hmm. um, and acting as as we've said as that support system for each other.
1: Well, I I wrote that in one of my tributes or pieces to mental health. Um, it was for September a. Al- mm. What's the exact date? Well, it was during it was in September of like 2019. And one in one of my pieces that I had wrote, I said, like, you know, this whole entire culture is about speak up and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And but I wrote, um, it's hard. It's hard to speak up when you feel like there's nobody in your corner. there's nobody to listen to you and that's why I said like all you have to do is shoot somebody a text to make them feel like they're a part of something bigger. Right.
0: Well and that feeling of belonging too is huge for people. Uh, I mean that's an interesting tie in is uh, the concept of like advisories in school was introduced uh, for the purpose of preventing school shootings and the reason that they did that was because it gave gave those kids a home. It gave them a sense of community somewhere they went every single Thursday for every single year that they were in high school and that's kind of the same idea as a support group. It was essentially uh, those things just giving people the opportunity to be part of something bigger Mm -hmm. than they are
2: yeah and i think
0: sorry sorry no you go no you go
2: okay well i was just gonna say when you when you see a text like that from a friend you actually want to text someone else and then it becomes like a circle or a cycle
3: yeah Mm -hmm. that's when the if everybody's feeling supported we are a lot more efficient in everything that we do yeah someone Mm -hmm. has someone to talk to that they are willing to help them or coach them through something, anything, whatever they need. That is when we get more efficient. And that is when we start to understand mental health as a whole and tackle it. I think so.
1: But even then, so that's a little far away from what we're, what, where we are. And like, we Mm -hmm. have to admit that. And that's like, that's the thing. That's the sad truth is we're so far away from that because even people in their own communities, like, um, people who support others, like generally, I'm going to speak out about like the LGBTQ community. Um, they support each other. They have their own community, essentially. Just like, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Like a essentially. Team. But yeah, like a sports team has their own community or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or where they belong in a different sense where Atmosphere. others aren't un- completely understanding. But even in your own community, people can still be freaking vile. And they can still yes. be evil. And they can still shove you right down the freaking hole. Like, that's what happens. It still happens, yep. even in your own community.
0: Oh, 100%. And it's sad. Well, and... I uh, that that point of of it being a, a persistent problem um, that's something I've actually noticed especially in Saskatoon having grown up here was we've definitely over my experience in high school had a culture where we were a lot more supportive of hate than we were of love yeah. uh, we were a lot more willing to share things about somebody we didn't like than somebody that we did like and that was always something that frustrated me that I that I hope to see change over the next couple of years and maybe it already has
1: you know that's something that definitely i was always disgusted with in the high school setting is once one person says something about somebody everybody else is going to start going and that's just that's just what it <laughs> that's how it goes and yeah. i uh, it was it's despicable it's not it's evil high school
2: can be evil it can be cuz it's also people just want to belong too right, right? you hear someone like talking shit about someone well, the then, ego you're exactly. Gonna, you're going to
1: join in. How, how young yeah, you are. Do you want to be the one getting picked on? Oh, right. No.
2: Exactly. There yeah. you go. Great point.
3: And it's also, I remember learning about stuff like uh, rumors and spreading things that were, uh, about people and all that stuff. And I remember being in class thinking yeah, young, you know, like we're in grade five or six when we're learning about and teachers are talking to us about this. I'm like, kids don't even realize they're doing this. Yeah, no one no, realized it's so subliminal it. too. Yeah, it's like second nature at this point where people are just gonna. Oh, I heard this shit, so I'm gonna spread it. Right. Well, it's,
1: <laughs> high school's notorious for that. It. I heard lots of things I didn't know about myself, but all, all I would ever say is, "Listen, if it didn't come from my mouth, it's not true. That's yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, shut it down."
0: Some- there were some pretty bewildering things said over the years about me. It was, it was always... In, I, I always thought it, it... was kind of entertaining to me, honestly. It wasn't ever really a thing I treated as negative. Because well, I you, was like, some of these are just so, so out there. Well, a people like, are
1: expecting you to fight fire with fire. Right, that exactly. That's you're going to yeah. no. you're, you're, you're just, just going to leave it alone. It with yeah. s-
3: success, too. With any type of success, whether it's financial, mm-hmm. social, you know, work with music, anything like that, it is people are going to have something to say. Yeah, a little Maybe. bit extra yeah. scrutiny yeah. for sure. Always. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Jealousy. A little bit of spice. <laughs> Where's yeah. the flavor? So yeah. what's the difference between um, someone just talking shit and someone actually criticizing you to get better?
0: That's a great question. I love criticism. Criticism is an awesome thing and I take it in any capacity even if it's a person trying to be backhanded because usually what the truth is seeps through yes um and so i've always treated criticism as as a very positive thing and criticism about you know yourself as a person or a music uh or or like music um are both good but i'd say the difference between criticism and i guess just talking shit is um I'd say criticism should always be direct. That's probably the easiest way to distinguish it. Is yeah. a per- if a person is saying something about you to somebody else, they're not criticizing you. Yeah. No.
1: They're, they're, they're hating They're, they're,
0: they're hating yeah. the shit. Yeah. No, but if somebody is saying something to you, they want you to hear it so that you change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, They're saying it to you for a reason. If they're saying it for, to someone else, they're saying it because they know it's an echo chamber and it's going to keep going. Yeah.
2: Yeah. By
0: the way, do you read Thesaurus or something? Where no, are no, you pulling say these words? I was
3: like I can tell he reads books. <laughs> he got a good vocabulary, dude.
1: Well, he yeah. also had stated that from it's a, it's a, you said that one of your main good things, you're good at talking. Right. Because yeah. it comes, so like, honestly, it comes along with doing it for so many different yes. things right. and for so long. Like, how it becomes natural yeah. at, at a certain point. Well, and
0: I'd also say there's also a certain advantage to being a poet and a songwriter exactly. for almost a decade yeah. is that all I know how to, oh,
1: oh. <laughs> Something just fell through the roof. <laughs> Probably an
3: animal.
0: No, I don't know. Um, strange. Yeah, no. Uh, being a songwriter and a poet for as long as I have, uh, I get the opportunity to write a lot of, a lot of beautiful words yeah. and think through a lot of things. So I kind of get to sit on top of my vocabulary all day, every day.
1: A little bit of a silver tongue, as yeah. you called it. Yeah. Yes. So, which I would agree with. Yeah.
2: So... A lot of people look at like poetry like so boring and right. um But just... poetry
1: is art. Yeah. Art is whatever is in the Rap eye of the poetry. beholder. Yeah,
2: yeah no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How when when did you find out like, you know, um poetry is art? Essentially cuz when you're young and you said you started writing when you were young, but mm-hmm. uh, when you tell your friends, "Oh, I write." They think of it as You know, at least like from my experience. Mm -hmm. So
0: what is this guy fucking 60 years old? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. With poetry, I guess uh, I've written poetry a lot less or uh, for a lot less time than I've written music. Uh, I really only picked it up um, as a coping mechanism for mental health about three or four years ago now. And I'd never really considered making it a part of my career. It was just something that I enjoyed doing. It was a great outlet. It was one of those opportunities to tell my truth to myself. Um, And it was when I put out uh, a piece of my poetry just on TikTok, I just posted a video of it, um, not really thinking anything of it. I was just like, I don't know, I, I filmed this, may as well post it. And the next day it had like almost 4 million views and the sound had almost like half a billion views. And I was like, oh, So like poetry is a thing people enjoy. And then uh, from that point forward, I kind of slowly over time started putting poetry and stuff out there. And it honestly wasn't it's kind of similar to that situation with Hallie where it wasn't until I saw other people acknowledging it as that that I really understood that that's what it was. It was more of just a private thing up until that point.
3: It's completely unappreciated, you know. We always think about there's these big groups of people. For example, people who enjoy music. Mm-hmm. I'd say the majority of people on earth enjoy some sort of right. music, mm-hmm. right? right? But something like poetry, it's got definitely a smaller, you know, much, but, niche. much more yes. niche yes. Man, they, they love it. And that's right. why stuff like that happens because there are people out there who they spend their time and they never tell their friends, oh, I write no. poetry, but no. they do and they love reading it. So you never know what art, uh, audience you could connect right. with there.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that And yeah, there's a there's a lot of fantastic examples of, of poets that have been able to break into pop culture People like Hobo Johnson, mm-hmm. who, you know, his music is well known for being regarded as music and not as poetry yes. Even though at its core, that's what it is um, Or like Hotel Books is another artist a lot of people have heard of um, And lots of these people, especially with this wave of social media, is making that niche a lot less yeah. small It's uh, showing people, A, that there are other people who enjoy it And it's also showing people that it doesn't have have to just be you know a shakespearean sonnet in iambic pentameter it can just be you can just write <laughs> yeah. a poem it doesn't have to be anything crazy yeah
1: no, no.
3: connection of i like the pr- progression you're talking about here too because mm-hmm. um you know starting with knowing producing knowing songwriting no know singing uh instruments things of that nature right like and then poetry on top of it you're mm-hmm. creating a full you know, a five-tool artist. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd look at mm-hmm. it as. And I think that's something that the world needs more of. A lot of times you see stuff put out that is just, ah, oh, this person's got a good voice, but right. they can't write. Right. Or this person has <laughs> a uniqueness. You know, there's stuff like that, right? And I think when you can see all five tools of it, that's when you know someone is truly an, mm-hmm. an artist. Not saying anybody isn't, but that is a complete artist, right? So,
2: Yeah, that's a yeah. great point. Also, you have been just involved in social media since grade nine Mm -hmm. i'd say right yeah was that something you learned like you know how how to look at insights or this and that
0: social media was a it was a very interesting thing coming into social media Mm -hmm. being a thing because we i was on the wave before like tiktok when social media was still a private Mm -hmm. thing never got on music. (laughs) i joined tiktok the day it became tiktok actually yeah the day the day it happened i was like all right i can try this app now what makes you say that i
2: mean what made
0: you do that (laughs) uh i ignored musically forever because of all the things that have been attached to it and then the second that it changed i was like now i could do it without anyone saying anything because they might not know what it is yet
3: well it's also it's also a you know brand new to be on something that quick Mm -hmm. that's such an advantage
0: well it was And it was a huge advantage. And yeah, like, like I was saying, growing up in a social media, it was a learning process. Um, it also happened very overnight for me, uh, coming into high school. I think I had like 30 followers on Instagram. I was like the weird, like super nerdy band geek. Like I would sing musicals in the hallway in high school. Like I was a very weird kid in grade nine. Uh, and then that Thanksgiving video, I woke up and it was like, I woke up to like 5,000 followers and everybody in the city knew who I was. And I was like, that's just life now. It just became my life one day in grade nine. And from that point forward, it was like, I didn't necessarily have the choice to learn it. There was this expectation. And there were definitely moments where like, I messed up as a kid trying to be in the public eye, uh, especially when I was younger, where I'd do dumb things thinking I was invincible or thinking that no one could see what I was doing because I didn't understand this concept of it lasts forever. And like, it's permanently there and this is your reputation. Um, So I didn't understand that quite, but yeah, definitely Once it came around to TikTok and all of a sudden it went from being like, okay, I have thousands of followers to now I have tens, now I have hundreds of thousands of followers. Once it hit that point, then it was like a lot more of the analytical side and getting into the understanding of, you know, social media marketing and how all of that works. But, um, yeah, it wasn't really until, until the point where there was a a massive audience that I took it that seriously. Hmm
1: yeah i wouldn't like because i had on tiktok i had one viral video you know you get like a couple you get a couple thousand from those super viral videos and that's it but i never i never planned on like keep continuing posting or trying to make viral videos that's what i mean like i never i would never take it seriously until i had the right amount either that's the thing until i really got there
0: yeah
2: what's crazy is though the way i see it you have been doing music for so long consistently without expecting any results um and then overnight it just happened like you became quote-unquote famous i guess right so the beauty of internet is you if you're consistent if you're persistent like you never know what's gonna happen because things can go
0: viral overnight and especially with tiktok it's essentially it's literally a shot in the dark at this Mm -hmm. point with that app like it your odds are essentially just roll a dice and if he gets the right number then
1: it keeps going (laughs) yeah like (laughs) you just
0: keep rolling that dice and you just keep hoping it lands on the right one so yeah, it's definitely yeah. Well, it's frick, definitely. I
1: knew people would eat. I you know when I posted to make a viral video, I posted my dog dying, and you know what? That because the sad shit, people will eat it up. Like no, you know, they like will that, they'll fucking eat it there up. There is definitely an um, algorithm
0: to it. That's for sure. I, I dropped like I like had a video where I like dropped an egg, and it like hit like two million. I was like, <laughs> all right. I was like, I make the some egg. of the best singing videos of my career. I post them, and that gets like a thousand. And then later in the day, I post a video of an yeah. egg, and that gets like millions. I'm yeah. like ah.
2: <laughs> <The> f- <It's, laughs> i think what it is is i think uh the society is really changing towards finding things that are relatable mm-hmm. we you are know, we all yeah. are relatable to an egg or <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: <You> one small <laughs> like, drop like, in your right. track it's a humor i mean i get that thing, right?
2: yeah. Yeah. it's a it's
3: a humor thing too right yes up. we all relate privately to you know sillier senses of humor and stuff <laughs> right. right when we're with ourselves on our phone we're gonna laugh at something like that maybe out in public we see that happen we're not gonna start laughing at it yeah. but to ourselves we're a bit goofier things like that so it's mm. about finding that spot i guess right exactly right. exactly it's funny talent doesn't always get views on tiktok sometimes it's just goofy things or whatever yep. it can were you ever on wine?
0: Actually, I was on Vine for like the shortest ever period of time, but uh, not with like music. I think I was just making like really dumb videos with my friends. <laughs> me too. In general. Right.
1: Do you ever make Vine time? Don't freaking lie to me. I
0: promise you. Oh.
3: <laughs> Did you make wine? Yeah. Jeremy? I had a great time on Vine, dude. Vi- I was, Instagram didn't replace Vine, dude. Vine <laughs> was so much fun. That- um, sweet.
0: TikTok probably replaced wine nah, down the line. Think. Yeah, yeah. I guess musically kind of took the ropes more. Freaking musically, Freaking <laughs> musically. I I don't was, know. You know, maybe I shouldn't say idea. my it say wasn't, on well, it. It was it was a weird era because like all those kids who like got famous from that, yes. like they were like even the pre like this most recent wave of influencers, and it's so interesting seeing the ways that it affected them, like
1: Baby Ariel, Baby Ariel, or
0: like Zoe Laverne, yeah. or some of those people who are like massive influencers now, who were like they got famous when they were like 12, 13 and I'm like Damn. I couldn't even imagine having like that, like at that age, no, no way would I have handled, it. and that's why yeah. most of those kids didn't handle it well. well
3: yeah. You are, you no, no yeah, you would have no idea. You would have. No idea no. What, what to do.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, there were even moments as a 17, almost 18 year old where it was like some of the expectations were ups like, I don't know how to live up to this. Like I like imposter syndrome was a huge yeah. thing for me in my career where I was like, Do I even like deserve this? Like, how did I get this? Why do I have this? Uh, Yeah, that sometimes I still
1: experience that. Like people will message us sometimes and they'll be like, I love what you do. You you had this you made this impact on me from this podcast. And I'll be Mm -hmm. like, did I even do this? I was like, really? Like, I don't I don't know. But it is like it is from our podcast, I guess I can strongly say that.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, said. one of my one of my biggest imposter syndrome moments was on a, another uh, radio show that I had done bombs in context. And um, I went on and they asked me who my influences were. And I told them Hobo Johnson and Hotel Books who I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And the guy on the line, he was like, well, I don't know if that's influences. He was like, your number is the same. He was like, you have the same audience. He was like, you're kind of among them. And I was like, no. And then I was like, oh, I was like, oh. And that was my moment where I was like, oh, right. Like, I've actually, you know, done things. I've like, earned I mean, actually I was I've like, that's, it's status, so weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be put up there with I them.
2: mean you have hundreds and thousands of listeners listeners on Spotify man. It is you gotta give yourself some credit a like round
1: of applause. To, I wish we had one of those sounds where it's like yay yeah. you know that one. Yeah. Like the very specific one.
2: Carson <laughs> Schmeer like some of your songs six hundred thousand um views. Not yeah. views but listens. Like, yeah. that's crazy. That's
1: more than crazy. half a million.
0: Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah, big things.
3: Yeah, So that's more people that are in this city right, than are currently Double. in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God like, I, that's crazy to think about.
2: Imagine a couple. <laughs> two of Saskatoon's, just listening to, yeah. Well, what is like is 300 some some seconds? People here, I think like yeah, two hundred fifty something like that, thousand mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. She wow, well. that's wild. You don't really have to answer this.
0: You like Sask? <laughs> Uh, I like I like some, uh, Yes I, I love where I'm from I'm proud of Saskatchewan As a place um, I think that In general It's A good place To grow up Um in some regards, I did not like my personal life that I had here, but I understand that that was also unique to my situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand that I was also in a place where 99% of kids in Saskatoon weren't going to be going through the same things as me and didn't have the same experience. And so with that in mind, I would say, yes, it's a good place, and I do like it, but from my own experience, no. That is, that is a great answer. Yeah, Really good. No. Yeah.
1: Well, coming on to our last set of questions here how has music helped you transpire into the person you are uh
0: that's a that's a really good question as well um i think music has done more than anything at at pushing me into who i am um in a lot of good and bad ways uh coming into getting all that attention young uh There were definitely moments where I was like 14, 15 with a big ego, big head. Um, And I'm glad looking back that that happened to me because I'm glad that I got knocked off that peg Um, because looking back, it allows me to look at those things and see like, that's what being bad at what I do is. Um, And basically, um, yeah, being able to look at it in that way. So, I mean, music has has definitely influenced me into becoming the person I am. It's... um, down to like even just the way that I talk as we were saying before, nearly everything about me has been created because of because of my music
3: and that's that's interesting when you see someone you know, almost mesh with mm-hmm. their hobby or passion, right. and stuff like that. You don't always see that with people. Usually people are
0: separated from that thing and that yeah. you've grown up in it where mm-hmm. it has
3: essentially became you, right? Well, so, yeah, yeah, and that's,
0: I mean, that's an interesting thing is it's also it's also very hard for me to say, like, did I grow up as one or did I grow up as both at the same time? Because yeah. they've always been so codependent upon each other. Uh, my whole career, my personality has played just as much of a role in, in my music success yes. as, as my music has. And so, you know, that having to grow as a person and as a musician at the same time uh, has meant that it's always kind of felt like those two things are hand in hand.
1: Well, wow. ninety percent of people today are are looking for your personality. They're looking right. at your personality. Yeah, they want to you be know? entertained. You don't have a great voice, but you are a great person, or something like that. Frick, they'll they'll slap, they'll slap. You know, they'll they'll put that music together for you. Slap some auto tune That's all they'll do, and they'll be like, "But you know what? You're you have the look, and you yeah. have this, and you have that. So it's going to be that way." Yeah.
2: Yeah, you got to be hella marketable now. Oh, like, you do. What matters more Super personable. is. Exactly, yeah. Like, your connections matter. And how do you get your connections? Through your personality. Right, right. It's also a dangerous a bit of a inter- money. industry,
3: right? It's an industry that's really easy to get taken advantage of. And, oh, yeah. And Extreme so, like, being racing. able to be intelligent enough to know, hey, that's not a play that we can make, mm-hmm. or that is, or to see, but read in between the lines, I guess you could say. Right. That is really important there, too.
0: Yeah, no. There's definitely yeah. a, there's definitely a lot of people who will take advantage oh, of the yeah. industry, and, and you see that you you hear that repeated to you when you know you're trying to do it, but it's not really until you get into the meat of it that and you realize just yeah. how just how much people will go out of their way to take advantage of what you've done. Mm. We had a situation. One of the artists on my management team had a song go like viral on TikTok, and some random person saw it, uh, basically used like a Shazam to find the beat on like a website, and then bought out the beat like for the whole license and then basically told this guy who was going to have like a multi-million stream song he was like yeah you have to pay me like ten thousand dollars for this now or else you don't get it and it's like people like oh, situations yeah. like that where you you don't even try to find something but like trouble just comes looking for you yeah it'll happen
1: because people are freaking evil there is some evil people in this yeah. world who their every move is to just take others down their
0: Selfish eyes just gleam words. at any opportunity yeah
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I still don't understand how people do that and why do they do that? Well, you don't no, understand I've never, it. I've never got
0: it.
1: And good because just be nice. you know we'll never understand that cuz that means we're
2: just not those people. Like I, I still way. understand like why pe kind of why people are evil and their motives and by no means I'm justifying right. what they do but it's still like how do you kind of sleep at night, you well, know, doing also, what th- There's did.
0: also a difference between like selfishness and like hurting people, like yeah, it's yeah. okay to be selfish at times. It's okay you, to put yeah. yourself first and to have your own yeah. problems and to understand, like, yes, in this situation, someone needs to lose, and I don't want that to be me. But it's different to go out of your way to try and make hurt somebody lose. else so that yeah. you win. Yeah, it's you know, like it's they're two totally different things. Well, There's yeah. duality. In it.
1: Are you are you sh- selfish or are you selfless? Right? Like, are you like I don't know? Frick, people are mm, mad, like the Mad Hatter. Alice
2: you think Anyone. er anyone like I feel like people are in between selfish and selfless it depends on situations I don't think
1: 100%
2: everyone can be selfish Well, there are always exceptions to everything. And Mm -hmm. I don't think everyone can be, um, whatchamacallit, selfless.
0: And as Jeremy Zucker would say, is it selfish to be selfless on the other side? Is it selfish to to keep everything to yourself? You know, be selfless, give everything to everybody else and never let anyone have the opportunity to put you in your place or anything like that.
2: You kind of cannot be selfish, selfless, sorry, at all times because eventually you're going to drain out, right? Right. Right. And that's
1: why like what he just said it's okay to be selfish yeah. sometimes yes. yeah and
0: choose yourself
1: as long as it's not for you know
0: hurting someone else. hurting
1: someone else for the purpose or for the benefit of your of hurting somebody yeah yeah basically.
2: Um, shout out to jeremy zucker
0: though shout out to jeremy zucker what a guy <laughs> right yeah love him where do you
1: um, see yourself
2: in 10 years uh Mm. Um, not uh, sorry i'm interrupting but not career-wise more mm-hmm. like a person
0: right um hopefully very content and settled into my life yeah. um i am not the type of person who particularly likes to be on the road to anywhere for very long i'm mm-hmm. fine with the work but i kind of like getting to that destination and uh, i've always been a person who's known that they wanted to like have a very solid idea of their life very young so i'd hope 10 years from now, I'm very much already very far down that path of having what my life is going to be forever.
1: And what do you want yourself to remember in 10 years from this moment?
0: Buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Best. Um, Best advice. Uh, No, I guess 10 years from now, um, I would want to remember... I don't know, I think I'd want to remember what it it felt like to still have the ability to pretty much do whatever I want, to take any path in life. I think I'd want to remember what it felt like to have options um, and to have avenues for me to go down, because, you know, the older you get, you can do anything at any age, but stuff does get more limiting, and uh, I'd want to look back at this and and be able to, um, I I want to be able to say to some really cool things about some really cool people.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what life is all about, at the end of the day,
0: yeah. Experiences
2: Yes right. sir Do you want to do the outro? Well I was going to ask uh,
1: Just a last question here awesome. Just for um, The audience more Or for people who right. this They could share The same passions Or the same dreams as you awesome. And what you're doing right now Is what advice would you have For an aspiring artist?
0: Biggest good advice good I have For any artist And I'll repeat this over and over again Is no matter what point you're at With like If you think you're a good singer If you don't think you're a good singer If you want to do music At some point, just do it like you have to literally just do it because I look back at the stuff that I did when I was 14 and I think I was an awful singer, but other people thought I was good and I kept going at it and I got so much better. But if I wouldn't have done that at 14 or 15, I would be nowhere near where I am today with my career. So more than anything, it's literally just start. You have to just do it. Get in front of a mic, sing, you know, get in front of a piano, learn how to play, do something, learn an aspect. If you want to do it, you have to just start.
3: I like that because it shows that it is always a process. Even the most talented people 100%. ever, there is a process to mastering what they do. I like that.
2: No, I That's agree. Good I agree. Well,
0: now's your chance. Do you want to plug your socials? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, my Instagram is just Carson Schmier, S H M Y R. TikTok Carson.ls. and you can find me on Spotify just by my name, Carson Schmier as well. Um, and all yeah.
1: those will be in the description as well.
0: Absolutely. Any project you're working on recently? Uh, yeah. I mean, right now I'm working with uh, Hallie, who I talked about earlier. Uh, her and I are working on her EP. that will be coming out uh, at the beginning of 2022 here, hopefully. Um, and I'm also working on uh, my own EP. I'm trying to do something collaborative with a bunch of artists from Saskatoon to try and uh, spur up some interest in a local music scene again. Any songs that sounds
1: so interesting. It does.
0: Does any songs
2: like "Lay Me Down" coming soon? Uh, I'm looking for more. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just, I just put out an EP at the beginning of September that had some songs that might be right up the alley of that song Uh, but I do have some emotional ballads coming very soon Uh, November 25th I'll be releasing a song called Paper Root Princess um, that's like very much up the same alley as Lay Me Down very emotional piano ballad I am dude
2: I am but but yeah man like that song is just phenomenal that's all I gotta say that's all I gotta say but yeah thank you so much for listening it was a pleasure having you Carson I'm sure everyone gained some kind of value. Great value. Yeah, I certainly did. Well, you know, guys, we are only able to spread this message through you guys. If you're not subscribed on Apple yet, please do so and give us a five-star review. If you listen to show on Spotify, press the follow button to know about the latest conversations. As always, please don't be afraid to reach out in the DMs. If you want to be involved with the podcast or help in any ways, just shoot a DM. That's all. If you genuinely love the podcast and you think others will benefit from listening to this Please just share it with a friend. At last if you deal with mental health conditions, don't forget you're not alone. Thank you guys for listening. It was a pleasure.
1: Huge shout out again to Carson for being here. Thank you for making your way down into this musty basement. (laughs) Um and I'm just kidding, it's not musty. (laughs) Um but yeah thank you guys so much shout out Kabri and this episode was brought to you by Rever- <laughs> by Roberta B an association with the Canadian Mental Health Association
2: thank you guys thank, thank you guys you. see Perfect. you guys peace, peace. bye